Welcome to another podcast in the OLAC Lead the Way series. This podcast, the second of two that look at TBTs, focuses on best practices TBTs use to improve instruction for every child. Each podcast considers three of the six topics. The six topics are focus, consistency, and context, covered in the first podcast, and instructional conversations, implementation of agreed-upon strategies, and leadership, covered in the second podcast. I'm Stanley Dudek, your host for this podcast. We were lucky enough to speak with groups of TBT leaders and their principals across Ohio. We spoke by phone with three educators at Madison Park Elementary in Trotwood, Ohio. We spoke in person with three educators from Bucyrus High School in Bucyrus, Ohio, and five educators from Avalon Elementary School in Columbus. At all three schools, the principal was one of the people we interviewed. Let's turn now to what these educators tell us about the work of their TBTs. We start with the topic of instructional conversations. Educators from Madison Park Elementary and Avalon Elementary describe their experiences. One thing I always say to the kids is sometimes you learn more from your mistakes than the things you do correctly. So we look at our data and we'll say, well, was this assessment appropriate? Not beating each other up, but but totally critiquing and analyzing and being honest. Uh, Luckily, we've been together, most of us, for five years. So we can try to be honest and put the laundry out there and say, okay, this worked, this didn't work. We have that same thing in the second grade team that it is something where you do fail a couple times. You're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Ava did really good on this um, activity and lesson and strategy with her class. They're nailing it. But my class is really struggling on explaining their answer. So I do think that is a learning process in everything. And sometimes we do bite off more than what we can chew. You know, instead of having these baby steps, we learn to map out little individual steps along the way. Because we did take a big chunk and we're like, why are we seeing any results? Why is this not going so well? Deeper conversations seem to be critical at Avalon as well. The conversations, I feel like this year, are getting deeper. Where before we were just kind of having surface conversations, looking at the data quickly and then talking about it and then not you would apply it. But this year I feel like because we're having these more focused and deeper conversations that the work is translating more in the classroom. Having that level of trust with each other Mm -hmm. that you can accept feedback and even offer someone suggestions. That's key. All the great strategies in the world make no difference if you're not able to receive, you know, Mm -hmm. and collaborate with each other. And I feel like you have to be able to put yourself aside. And it's not about you, it's about the kids. So be open. If somebody wants to tell you that didn't go so well, be okay with it and try and take some of that criticism to help the kids do better. That just didn't happen overnight. No, the shared accountability. The teachers are holding each other accountable and they have this shared understanding of what they're expected to know and be able to do and what the kids are expected to know and be able to do and how they share that out with each other. And at the same time, it's built, I think it takes the relationship to a different level. And having the conversations about the strengths and weaknesses of what the students are doing have become so meaningful because we're able to see, are there trends in all of the classes? Are they just certain kids that are not what, you know, we're able to say, are ESL students or are, you know, are these students getting it? And how can we be more focused on helping them with that instructional strategy? And I think we're, we're also able to say, well, I did it this way and it's not working. 
So how can you help me? Because I saw that your kids are getting it. And it's just becoming a lot more meaningful and deeper. Deep conversations led to greater reflectiveness at Avalon. And that's also true at the two other schools. So you're not just having those conversations about, oh my God, today such and such was all over the place. But you were able to observe, oh, here's what I can do during this particular activity because I saw my colleague do this to help them stay engaged. It makes you really reflective on you. And that's not an easy thing to do is to self-reflect. But like this year, I really think the conversations and the observations, I've really self-reflected like, am I doing the best I can do for my students? And there was something I saw and I was like, I didn't think of it that way. And, and you really have to be able to say to yourself, like, like she was saying, like, it's not about you as the teacher. It's about what can I do? And so our conversations, I will say, have evolved this year. We've actually gotten really focused. How can we improve this? And how can we improve that? And I'm seeing this and well, how did you get the kids to get that? And so the conversations not only have helped me to reflect on what I'm doing, but I think it's also helped the group reflect. Is that the best strategy we could use? Is that the best way we could teach it? And so I think those conversations have really helped. And I've gone back to my classroom and I'm like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And let me revamp this. And and I didn't think about showing a video on paraphrasing. You know, Ms. Taylor found a video on paraphrasing, came in and showed it to the class. And then we talked about it and the kids are paraphrasing, you know, and I didn't think about let me find a video. So it's helped me to like, how can I integrate more into my room and change things? Educators from Bucyrus High School share how instructional conversations work for them. To me, it's common conversation. It's being able to have a building support system, not only from the teachers in the TBT with me, but the BLT process. You know, these guys that we're here with today, they have similar issues and struggles as far as leading a group of people. That, you know, they're not always on board either. You're always going to have the people that resist. And I think those people have gone drastically down over the last couple of years because uh, there's been more buy-in. Uh, but I also, like, as far as being aligned, I think that's that's also a huge payoff. So when your principal is aligned with your BLT and delegates the work to the BLT and then the BLT makes decisions, it's easier to bring back the teachers. Hey, this is what the building leadership team, it wasn't the principal, it's not the superintendent. This is what a group of eight to 10 of us decided we were going to do. And so when teachers have input, even though they weren't on the VLT, they feel it's coming from teachers, so it must be from a place that makes sense. I think that's helped. Instructional conversations help educators support one another in the implementation of agreed-upon strategies. Implementation is our next topic. Educators at Bucyrus High School start us out. I think these guys can agree with me. Probably the best thing about this TBT process is we share these strategies, what worked, what didn't work. And specifically with different groups of students, how can I use this strategy with my special education students and give them the scaffolding they need? And teachers can tell us, they can share what they did, what worked, hey, this didn't really work because I needed to do more of this or more of that. Because we learn so much from our our peers, from the other teachers about the strategies that they've used and how they've done it. And to me, that's helpful because if something doesn't work for me and somebody else says, ooh, that didn't work for me either, and then it worked for somebody else, well, how did you get it to work? And that's just very valuable, I think. 
I find the accountability we have to each other to be a really nice piece. We've all gone to conferences and seen a strategy and then came back to our busy jobs. And maybe we try it once. Maybe we just never quite get around to it because of our normal daily hustle. But when we all sit down and say, let's try this. Okay, by the next meeting, we have to come back with something and be ready to share out. And I think that motivates people and drives them to step outside of their comfort zone and get it done. And I would concur with what they've said. There's been a couple of strategies that haven't worked for me specifically, but another social studies teacher is trying to talk about how wonderful it was. Well, then, you know, what did you do differently than I? And we start comparing what we did or how we laid it out. And I may have missed a couple steps or I didn't think of how she talked about it to the class initially. So those types of things I think are valuable to me being in the TBTs. At Avalon Elementary, three educators, one kindergarten, one second grade, and one third grade, share strategies they focused on in the last school year. In kindergarten, we started with a phonics strategy, the phonics dance, singing the sounds in the alphabet, and some movement, and working with, for the kids to learn sounds, and using those sounds to help them create words and things like that. So our focus was on phonics for the beginning. That was our first strategy that we worked with, so the phonics dance under under phonics. We started looking at Hattie's index of teaching and learning strategies and we picked one that was higher on the scale which was making connections to text and that was something that we had noticed that our kids were not doing deep enough of. It was very surface level so that's what we had started with and then we had done our first observations on that and we learned a lot from each other. We are using a strategy from Hattie so answer the question, cite the evidence, and expand it in your own words. And it's interesting, we've had a lot of discussions around it, and especially with the air test and that multi-paragraph question that they have to write about, it's been helping because first we weren't getting much from the kids. Like, they weren't sticking to the topic, they weren't answering the question, they weren't citing the evidence, and now we can see that shift because we've been focusing on that, that we can say, well, what is the question asking you to do? And then I can say, okay, this is what the question is asking. And then I'll go back and check it. Did, do you have the answer to that? You know, and then we were talking about citing evidence and we had an eye opener because citing evidence became, I'm copying everything from the text. It helped us to be able to say, okay, now cite evidence. You have to put it in your own words. How do you paraphrase this? And, and having them really look at what their writing was and then having them fix that writing. And so we've been seeing that shift of kids writing one or two sentences for a multi-paragraph to now we're getting multi-paragraph. Now we're getting the citing evidence. And so we're able to have these discussions in the TBTs about that instructional strategy and really fine tune what we're doing or see the trends of, is this all third grade? Is this one class? Is this, you know, how is this working? And which one is working and why that strategy is working? You know, the what and the why was very important and making sure that we had common goals. The common language was something that we've been really trying to work on now in our TBT with our focus on writing, you know, and, and giving that quality feedback. Well, what does that look like when you come to a meeting and everybody knows what's expected and everybody is bringing different things and you have those meaningful discussions? Then I just feel like when you go back into the classroom, you're excited about it, you own it, and then you can make those kids excited about what they're learning, and it just makes it 
come together. The next example illustrates how TBT members at Bucyrus High School have also focused on implementing instructional strategies. DOK was really one of our better successes in the district, I think. The math department focus within that was just to make sure our questioning was going to the depth that we needed for our state tests. We'd look at our indicators, we'd look at our learning standards, and make sure that what we were asking was lining up with what the kids really needed to know in order to be successful at the end of the year. So we're also focusing on depth of knowledge questioning, the whole building is, but in the ELA department, we focus on not just getting the kids to think critically and take, take things a step further, but we want them to be able to express that in writing. So we take these depth of knowledge questions and then look at their responses. Right now, our focus for this year is citing textual evidence. So the kid has to answer the question and then cite evidence from the text. And we've kind of evolved. At first, it's like, okay, let's teach them to support themselves, to support their writing. And now in the last couple of months, we realize they can do that pretty well, but can they weave it into their writing? Anyone can throw a quote in there, but these kids still can't weave it into a piece of writing seamlessly. We've tried to focus on different ways to get them to do that. Um, peer modeling, teacher modeling. And right now, another focus is, you know, there's a fine line between modeling, showing a kid, hey, this is, this is how you need to do it, and then having them come up with their own ideas. So we're trying to figure out a ways to model a piece of writing, how to get the students to write the correct way without feeding them the information. So it's, we've had some good discussions about how to go about that. None of this growth could happen without school principals' commitment to instructional leadership. Our last topic for this podcast draws attention to the leadership principals provide. An educator from Madison Park Elementary describes her principal. Our boss is not a micromanager. She is a coach. That is her biggest asset to us. She coaches us along. I mean, nobody knows all the answers. Trust us. We, we, if we did, we'd buy it or do it. But it's her strength of seeing everyone's talent and then capitalizing on that. She's very good at that. And so I think other principals, if they start only looking at the positive and really capitalizing on their teacher's strengths, they could see growth as well. The educators at Bucyrus High School appreciate knowing that the principal trusts their expertise. They like the fact that he provides direction and support without trying to steer the ship. I like that we get feedback. Our TBT tries something and then reports back to the BLT, and we get feedback from Dr. Burke, and, and it, they help us gain a direction to take back to the group. I, I appreciate that. It's not just us out there on our own trying to decide what's next. There's a lot of support. Yeah, Dr. Burke is a great guy. We know that he's invested in this process, and we know that he has our best interests and the students' best interests at heart. So when we talk to him and give him our concerns, he actually listens. He involves us in the scheduling process. If we tell him, hey, we really need to do it this way because it's better for kids, he's, he's on board with it. And we don't have to worry about fighting him because he is 
very accommodating when it's for the good of the students. An example of the trust Dr. Burke shows in the teachers relates to the teacher's decision to work on teaching for depth of knowledge, which the teachers refer to as DOK. Like when we started DOK, there were there were multiple options, and, and I'll tell you his favorite wasn't actually DOK, but when the staff came back and said, this is what we'd like to try, he went with that. You know, when he has to give up some control to even have the role that he's taking. The staff is taking control of it, and he's guiding it. And I think that is huge. If someone were to come in and were to tell us what we were going to do, I think it would be a vastly different environment. Having the power to voice your opinion, even this morning our bureau team meeting, I got a little animated <laughs> about something that was happening, and that's okay because we're in a safe place. We're able to share, and we're able to come to a, an agreement as a, as a group, not just one person saying this is going to be a rule with an iron fist. It's an agreement that the group makes, and then carry that back to our TBTs to share what we've done, and this is kind of the direction we, we think we should go, and that creates more buy-in. It wasn't just one person making decisions. It's, it's a group, and he allows us to do that. I think the framework just allows you to take ownership of what is going on in your building. You know, it's not like my first year's teaching. The principal came in and said, we're going to try this. And, and okay, we were just told something and not giving something to work within and figure it out and work together. The way this is able to present it to the teachers just allows them to be more comfortable with it and, and, I, I think uh, previously, if if an idea would wouldn't have gone well, that we would uh, there'd have been a lot of finger pointing and say that doesn't work. I'm doing exactly what I've always done, but now with this framework, we've kind of been able to grow within the within the topic we're trying. Here's how instructional leadership benefits educators at Avalon Elementary. I feel comfortable being able to ask questions and say, "What can I do differently?" and not feel like I'm being judged, but I'm being supported. And I think also that we have a leader who is willing to have us go observe classrooms. You know, it's not a closed door environment. It's, hey, I'm gonna get you subs, set up your schedule, go into the room, observe, talk about it. And I think that's important because I think a lot of times it's been a closed door, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's, I think, important because you, you do learn best by observing. I also appreciate that reflective questioning and that she she's allowing us to be professionals and do our job and know that we're all learning from each other, knowing that she appreciates us, I, I guess, and, you know, respects us as professionals and has the faith in us that you know what you're doing and you know that you can learn how can I help support you and let's get this done because we're all trying to get to that common point. So um, that's, I mean, that's what I appreciate the most is just being allowed to do our jobs, but still go to her or our coaches with assistance and, you know, asking for assistance if needed. What's the payoff when TBTs attend to the six important TBT considerations? When the adults share a focus, act consistently, take context into account, engage in deep instructional conversations, implement agreed-upon instructional strategies, and respond positively to the instructional leadership of their principal, there are important payoffs. The principal at Madison Park Elementary sees payoffs in the quality of teaching and learning. The biggest thing for me is just seeing the teachers find success 
in the in the smallest amounts with students and building from where they are and moving forward from that point. Student growth is also a payoff at Avalon Elementary. I mean, that's the biggest payoff, I think, is seeing the student growth, but also, like we keep mentioning, that conversation you're having in the TBTs about the student growth. You know, I can just remember we were, when we started the ACE thing, we're like, the students aren't even on topic. They're not even writing. They have a sentence. You know, and now we can say, students are sticking to the topic. Like, that they got the A part, you know, before they were doing the A. Now we got the A. Now we got the C. So let's focus on the E. So it's really been able to, like, for us to, I think, shift us. Where, like they were saying, we're not necessarily looking at how many, what do they score and what group are they fall into. Are they high? Are they medium? Are they low? But we're able to say, okay, as a majority of the group, they got this part. That's, that's, a, that's a positive. Okay, but now what do we need to work on to for the next positive? You know, we, we're shifting our thinking on that one um, because it was a lot of, okay, let's fill this out and let's move on and, and not really going back and, and checking in on, on what we've already done and where they're going. And so, I, I mean, I'd say student learning. I mean, I, I talked about the phonics dance earlier. Um, and, of course, that was a strategy we used early on first quarter but in a small group yesterday and we were going over some sounds and working on the sound for I one of the kids quoted something from the phonics dance which was from first quarter so it it was something that was embedded they learned it they it helped them to remember some of the sounds so student learning is you know I think the biggest payoff and I tell you, as a principal, just to be there and hear the teachers engaging in conversation, taking ownership of their professional learning, not being told what they have to do, but just really going through the process of learning from each other. I just love that. <laughs> I love that because what I'm seeing is that it's just a natural part of the process that they are learning from each other, having those aha moments and going back to the strategies and fine-tuning and I can say something to them like so is it working for all of our students what population of students should we look closer at it's just so powerful for teachers to be able to take their own professional development and decide what strategy they want to use because they see the need in their students and decide how they want to implement the strategy and that whole process has just been so eye-opening and meaningful for us and I just I really want to continue with it and go deeper with it and I'm excited to see where we go next year with it. So for me it's the the teachers and the staff working through the instructional strategies and what our students need and being able to implement what they need and then back up, reflect on it, fine tune it, improve it, define it clearly and then really deliver it so that kids are learning. It's providing support and leadership, but not feeling like it all has to be me having all the answers. And I love that because together we can have the answers that lead us in the direction we want to go. This podcast has considered three important TBT practices, participating in instructional conversations, implementing agreed upon instructional strategies, and benefiting from principals' instructional leadership. Using these practices is part of what makes a TBT effective. As we've seen in the first of the two TBT podcasts, other considerations are also important. 
They involve maintaining focus, using frameworks consistently, and attending to context. We'd like to thank our contributors for sharing their stories. Our contributors include educators from Madison Park Elementary School in the Trotwood Madison City School District, Tamara Rizzo-Sterner, principal, and two of the school's TBT leaders, Kendra Folk and Ava Colucci. Educators from Bucyrus High School in the Bucyrus City School District, Dr. Mark Burke, principal, as well as three TBT leaders, Matt McKeever, Aaron Eckert, and Tara Hamm. And educators from Avalon Elementary School in the Columbus City School District, Linnell Taylor, principal, instructional coach and LLI interventionalist, Yolanda Connor, and three teacher leaders, Kinette Edwards, Sarah Martin, and Christine Gould. I'm Stanley Dudek. I provide support and technical assistance for OLAC podcasts through the University of Cincinnati's Systems Development and Improvement Center. Credit for our podcast music goes to Expendable Friend, whose musical composition is licensed under a Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.